This is an Audio Wool original. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hi, Byron. Yeah, I watched your film, We Summon the Darkness, last night. It is such a wild ride. Could you start out by (laughs) sharing a little bit about the film? Sure. We Summon the Darkness is a really fun, wild, bloody, loud, heavy metal film set during the satanic panic in the late 1980s in Indiana. Three heavy metal girls head to a heavy metal parking lot to go to a heavy metal concert, and they meet some guys. And they hit it off, and after the concert, they all continue to party into the night. And that's when the heavy metal fantasy that most men have dreamed of takes a wild turn. That's for sure. Like you said, 1988, uh, smack dab in the middle of the satanic panic. I-, I bet this was a fun playground for you as a director. Oh, yeah. It was total. It was, it was a blast. Did you do any research into the Satanic Panic prior to filming? Do you have any experience with the metal community? I lived it. You know, I remember the heyday of the Satanic Panic when I was young. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was part of the charm when I read the script. Not only is it a really fun story, but it was set in a, it's set in a very specific moment in time in a very specific um, subculture, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. of heavy metal. And after making My Friend Dahmer, it just felt like a natural extension to to do this movie. Sure. Yeah. Now, there's the heavy metal parking lot short documentary, which was a great inspiration for the writer and also a great reference for all of us. There were a lot of heavy metal aficionados that were working on the crew, which comes with no surprise to people that work in film. Uh, my assistant director, he had been to countless heavy metal shows growing up. And there were moments when we were filming at, you know, two, three in the morning where between takes we would blast Metallica just to keep everybody's energy up. Yeah, that comes across for sure. I think a big part of what's successful in your film, at least with the character development in the first half, would be authenticity. I think that you really pulled off the metal elements in this similar to the way films like Green Room did with the punk community. So I think you did a great job. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, when, when something is so specific to a certain group of people, it, I don't know if it makes it easier, but it's very exciting to basically have very specific references that everyone can focus on to go look for the right wardrobes, the right, in this case, the right 80s furniture, the sort of heavy metal community, the hairdos, the cars, the vans, the, the chains on the, on the wrist, the pentagrams around the neck and it's it's fun to sort of build that world. And it's all important. Yeah. You mentioned the writer, Alan Trezza. Yeah, Alan Trezza. His first feature, Burying the X, seemed to take a similar approach to horror, uh, a good balance of horror, comedy, and the focus on character development. What drew you to the script? Was it the opportunity to use a, a, like a b- as a weapon or something else? <laughs> oh, no, you revealed the b- No, so... um. I think there's a glimpse of it in the trailer anyhow. I think but, so. Um, look, I didn't know Alan before I was given his script, but I've been exploring genre filmmaking more, obviously leading up to My Friend Dahmer and then mm-hmm. doing this. But I've also always tried to find humor in anything, even in the saddest or the craziest of moments. So that mix of fun humor and the sort of the genre elements that were all through this project, was it felt very 
meant for me as a filmmaker. And then you have to, as a director, just naturally make it more in the vision of how I wanted to tell the story. And so with the support of all the producers, they were really trusting of me to kind of change the project to make it more my own thing, which really wasn't changing the story as much as grounding it in a true place of authenticity Mm -hmm. and humanity and not being too exploitive or cheeky about any of the circumstances here, but to really try to create almost a time capsule of the late 80s in the heavy metal world where all of these characters are trying really hard to make their way through these circumstances. Yeah, I think you gave the audience enough time to actually care about the characters uh, before they went through the situation that they end up going through. And I think that's very important. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of the of the beginning too. You know, you kind of, a heavy metal, dazed and confused kind of approach. It's, you know, it's eerie. There's a dark cloud of satanic panic that hangs over these heavy metal kids that are about to have a, a good time that night. But you don't know where and what is going to be the thing that turns this thing, you know, in a crazy direction. And you mentioned your last film, My Friend Dahmer. I would say that that is considered horror adjacent, but this film... Yes is all in. What's your personal relationship to the genre? And is this the direction you expected your career to go in? <laughs> well, I didn't expect my career to go this direction, but I definitely welcome it because it's one, a lot of fun. And I think as a filmmaker, you know, if I'm trying to find a, the human element in a story that may be in the genre category mm-hmm. or for a genre audience and beyond, then, you know, so be it. You know, just like many people, I've watched a mix of all kinds of movies over the years and held some great genre films up as some of the best and favorite of my movies. Going through Making My Friend Dahmer had me really realize how much fun it is to make a film that has genre elements in it. And that's a fun way to provoke an audience and say something that's relevant at the same time that, you know, you get to work with great actors and have a good time. Yeah. Speaking of great actors, amazing cast. I saw Logan Miller last year in Escape Room. You've got Maddie Hassan, Keenan Johnson, Alexandra Daddario, of course, and Johnny Knoxville, which was such a wild cast. You must have been thrilled when that was locked in. How did that come together? It came together quite naturally. So the first, obviously, person to come on generally is your lead. And Mm -hmm. so Alexandra was given the script and the producers introduced me to her and we immediately hit it off. Then we sort of stayed committed to making sure that we got a chance to go make this movie together. Indies aren't always that easy to pull off. And there was a lot of faith put into all the producers, you know, pushing forward to make sure that this movie happened. Mm -hmm. And as we got closer, we had some opportunities to find out while we were in pre-production, you know, what were the other actors that were available. So all the producers and I were bringing our relationships to the film. And there was a lot of support from talent agents who liked the project and uh, were also suggesting various people. I look back and think these were all the right people for this film. I had met Logan Miller through the process of auditioning and meeting actors for My Friend Dahmer. And so I was so excited to see that he was available when we were getting close to, you know, heading up to Winnipeg to prepare the film. Kian Johnson, I was introduced to through the producers. Austin Swift, same thing. 
And then there was a, a lot of enthusiasm to bring Johnny Knoxville to the project, which I thought was just a perfect fit to play the pastor. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the core of it, it was also for me, what great actresses can I find that I think would elevate and also challenge each other and be great partners creatively to Daddario and, and find three distinctive actresses so that you know that these are three distinctive human beings. And so I immediately locked into Maddie Hassan and Amy as just these very natural, very intuitive actresses that I thought the three of them together would be a great trio. And you know, I'm very proud of the work that they've done. Yeah, I think everyone did an amazing job. Uh, it was a really great opportunity, I think, for everyone to turn it up to 11. Is there anything you did to foster performances like that? What did you do to draw out the crazy? Well, I did occasionally probably go, okay, let's do it again, but now at 11. I might have actually referenced turn it up myself. To, yeah. yeah, Turn it up to 11. But, you know, we played a little bit of heavy metal between setups to kind of keep the energy up if we were filming, you know, late into the night and allowing all the actors to feel comfortable and allowing us to play and for me to be prepared with a shot list and the storyboards and to have a great collaboration with my cinematographer and, and a flow with the crew allows me and the actors to really have the room to both rehearse and while we're shooting takes to really explore various you know levels that each scene could be interpreted as. And, and there's never mistakes on set. There's just options that we're trying to get sure. so that I had all the footage I need sculpted in the edit room. Yeah, you know, that's just the fundamental thing. Uh, I know release for the film is right around the corner, but the, the, the question I'm sure you always hear is what's next? Well, so you're right. So We Summon the Darkness was supposed to have a theatrical release day and date, meaning it would also be available on digital. But we know in the, the way of the world right now that mm-hmm. everybody, everybody is home. And so I'm happy that the movie is still going to get out on that same day as April 10th, Good Friday. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good moment for that. And, Great day for a movie about Satanists. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then also um, Human Capital is another movie I directed right after this that just came out on digital as well. That's oh. with Leah Schreiber, Marissa Tomei, Peter Sarsgaard, Alex Wolf from My Friend Dahmer and Hereditary and yeah. Maya Hawk. So that's sort of a thriller thing. So those both things are right now going to be for the consumption of everybody at home, sober or not sober. And then <laughs> I'm in post right now on a movie that I directed for Universal Pictures. So we're sort of navigating through that during this crazy time of everybody working from their own home. Sure, yeah. And and I've got a few uh, projects that my producing partner and I are developing. And when this tidal wave of a pandemic hopefully passes, I'm excited to go out and make another fun film. I'm so excited to see all these new projects. And yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what you do next. Mark, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day and that we talk again soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for like getting the word out on the, on the oh, movie. I of really course. appreciate it. Yeah. I thank you for the opportunity. Have a good one. Stay you safe. Too. Yep. Bye. listening to an audio wall original produced by byron mccoy theme music provided by cemeteries for more programs like this visit audiowall.co